Revelation chapter 17. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits on many waters. With her the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a desert. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones, and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. This title was written on her forehead. Mystery, Babylon the Great the mother of prostitutes, and of the abominations of the earth. I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. When I saw her, I was greatly astonished. Then the angel said to me, Why are you astonished? I will explain to you the mystery of the woman and of the beast she rides, which has the seven heads and ten horns. The beast which you saw once was, now is not, and will come up out of the abyss and go to his destruction. The inhabitants of the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the creation of the world will be astonished when they see the beast, because he once was, now is not, and yet will come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. They are also seven kings. Five have fallen. One is, the other has not yet come. But when he does come, he must remain for a little while. The beast who once was, and now is not, is an eighth king. He belongs to the seven, and is going to his destruction. The ten horns you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but who for one hour will receive authority as kings along with the beast. They have one purpose and will give their power and authority to the beast. They will make war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. Then the angel said to me, The waters you saw, where the prostitute sits, are peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. The beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. They will bring her to ruin and leave her naked. They will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to accomplish his purpose by agreeing to give the beast their power to rule until God's words are fulfilled. The woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. Revelation chapter 18 After this I saw another angel coming down from heaven. He had great authority, and the earth was illuminated by his splendor. With a mighty voice he shouted, Fallen! Fallen is Babylon the great! She has become a home for demons and a haunt for every evil spirit a haunt for every unclean and detestable bird. For all the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. The kings of the earth committed adultery with her, and the merchants of the earth grew rich from her excessive luxuries. 
Then I heard another voice from heaven say, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues, for her sins are piled up to heaven, and God has remembered her crimes. Give back to her as she has given. Pay her back double for what she has done. Mix her a double portion from her own cup. Give her as much torture and grief as the glory and luxury she gave herself. In her heart she boasts, I sit as queen, I am not a widow, and I will never mourn. Therefore in one day her plagues will overtake her, death, mourning, and famine. She will be consumed by fire, for mighty is the Lord God who judges her. When the kings of the earth who committed adultery with her and shared her luxury see the smoke of her burning, they will weep and mourn over her. Terrified at her torment, they will stand far off and cry, Woe! Woe! O great city! O Babylon, city of power! In one hour your doom has come. The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, because no one buys their cargoes any more. Cargoes of gold, silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk and scarlet cloth. Every sort of citron wood and articles of every kind made of ivory, costly wood, bronze, iron, and marble. Cargoes of cinnamon and spice, of incense, myrrh and frankincense, of wine and olive oil, a fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and carriages, and bodies and souls of men. They will say, The fruit you longed for is gone from you. All your riches and splendor have vanished, never to be recovered. The merchants who sold these things and gained their wealth from her will stand far off, terrified at her torment. They will weep and mourn and cry out, Woe! Woe, O great city, dressed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls! In one hour such great wealth has been brought to ruin. Every sea captain and all who travel by ship, the sailors and all who earn their living from the sea, will stand far off. When they see the smoke of her burning, they will exclaim, Was there ever a city like this great city? They will throw dust on their heads and with weeping and mourning cry out, Woe! Woe, O great city, where all who had ships on the sea became rich through her wealth. In one hour she has been brought to ruin. Rejoice over her, O heaven. Rejoice, saints and apostles and prophets. God has judged her for the way she treated you. Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a large millstone and threw it into the sea and said, With such violence the great city of Babylon will be thrown down, never to be found again. The music of harpists and musicians, flute players and trumpeters will never be heard in you again. No workman of any trade will ever be found in you again. The sound of a millstone will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The voice of bridegroom and bride will never be heard in you again. Your merchants were the world's great men. By your magic spell all the nations were led astray. In her was found the blood of prophets and of the saints and of all who have been killed on the earth. 
You're listening to Drilling Down, a podcast dedicated to finding the truth in every topic we explore. Be a part of the show. Follow this podcast on Facebook at Drilling Down Radio, where you'll find surveys, upcoming show announcements, and a place for you to weigh in on our discussions. Thank you for making this podcast part of your day. Now, let's get drilling. Revelation chapter 17 and 18. It's kind of sad. We're getting to the end. Is anybody else sad about this? Oh, yeah, excited because we get to go on so many more end times rabbit trails about weird things. I don't know. It's bittersweet. Uh, Covering in this podcast a, a vast portion of scripture because it has one simple theme. Again, it's called the whore of Babylon. I mean, come on, every 12 year old boy snickers. We get to talk about whores. That's when the whores come in. A corrupt evil world power. The end of the tribulation. A superpower that dominates the world that is led by the Antichrist that is called Mystery Babylon. And scholars and theologians for thousands of years will stop at nothing to demystify it. Is it possible? Some might think. You just heard there, verses 1 and 2. One of the seven angels told John to come over so that, you know, he could show John the punishment of this great prostitute who sits by many waters with her kings of the earth committed, committing adultery and the inhabitants of the earth intoxicated on the wine of their own sins, if you will, on the wine of their own adulteries. Everyone on earth, the earth dwellers have just become whores to their own selfishness. There's a nation we see here sitting by many waters. It's talking about all the people. You probably knew that, though, because remember what when we went to a little thing called the dragon and the beast rising out of the sea. And we talked about what the sea meant. Well, now I bet I bet you heard this. I bet you heard this, and I bet you knew what it meant. A nation sitting by many waters, lots of people, multitudes. It's the nation of the end time superpower again to the preterist this Babylon would have been ancient Rome 2000 years ago they don't believe this actually happens in the future and they have their reasons to defend that although I think they're weak I believe this is yet to happen obviously in the future So we saw here the angel takes John into the wilderness and he sees this woman sitting on a scarlet beast. I bet you knew what that meant now too. And this beast was covered, the woman covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and had ten horns. I'm just saying, if you were to have read that or heard me say that, whatever, eight episodes ago, I think you're doing awesome. I think we're on to something here. The woman is dressed in purple. Now that's got to mean something. And scarlet and 
Now, look, she's glittered with gold. What do you think that is? Just as you've seen things unfolding, how how we've kind of done it through Revelation here together, you and I, uh, what do you think that would be? The woman's dressed in purple. Uh, we've actually talked about purple in the seven churches, the color purple. Uh, and scarlet, and she's glittered with gold and precious stones and pearls. Uh, those things all, to me, just off the top of my head, not that I've studied this. <laughs> Those things all, they just seem uh, worldly, don't they? They seem like things the world might, listen, whore after. She holds a golden cup in her hand filled with abominable things. And she sits in the filth of her adulteries. Man. She is a whore. Yeah, it signifies luxury. You could even say royalty. The just opulence. You know, the worldliness of this imagery. Think about how sharply contrasted it is to the, the fine white linen that's bright and clean worn by God's people. It's very simple. It's just white linen. That's it. Because the power's in God. You know, it's funny that the disciples, Paul, they all, they didn't have much, okay? They, uh, Paul said, you know, I, people make fun of me because I'm frail. Because I, you know, I, I don't spend all my time in the gym. I, I get taken care of. I, I can eat whatever food I can that's given to me. But, you know, they were, they didn't have a lot of clothes. They didn't have a lot of things. But boy, what they had in their hearts and in the Holy Spirit and on the tips of their tongues shook the world down in the power of Jesus Christ. And I love that reflection right here because this, this whore is immoral. She's blasphemous. Written on her head is a mystery, the Bible says. Her name was Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and the abominations of the earth. Again, we're told her name is a mystery. Yet no one can let it be a mystery. We have to try to figure it out, myself included. Her name is mystery. Verse 6, John sees the woman was drunk. Oh, you know, let me... Uh, no, this is not a rabbit trail on drunkenness. Let me... Um, I thought the the reason I'm breaking this down this way is I thought I thought the last podcast that I left you with over those three chapters, um, I think it deserved a breakdown because there was a lot, and I'm maybe it was, it was like drinking, it was probably like drinking eschatological water out of a fire hose. So I want to do I want to shore it up here the next couple of them and. Uh, Anyway, just so you know, John 6, John sees the woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people and the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. John says, when I saw her, I was greatly astonished. And I think, I think this is this very, at this portion of scripture, a really stark line drawn in the sand. You know, you're either on team God or you're on team prostitute. So your call in verse eight, we got this weird wording. The beast you you saw was 
now and is not and is yet to come, but almost was and wasn't and then is and could have been. Okay, I threw some of that in there. But it comes out of the abyss into <laughs> destruction. Uh, it's just a parody. It's a parody on the lamb that was slain and brought back to life, right? We saw this, we, you know, this is talking about the Antichrist. And I'll, I'll talk about the chronicle, chronological order of, of all this in a few moments. Maybe that'll help you some. But you see that you see the parallels there, you know, where the Antichrist brought back to life here. And uh, it's just a power play. It's just a ripoff of God's original plan and what he actually executed to perfection. But we see the whole earth is astonished when they see the beast. We've talked about this. And the inhabitants of the earth were mesmerized by the beast counterfeit resurrection uh, in the mark of the beast. We talked a little bit about, you know, this hypnotizing effect. Chapter 17, verse 9 through 11. Seven heads are seven hills, also seven kings. Five have fallen. One is, the other has not yet come, but it might, but it shouldn't, but it could. Maybe it did. We'll never know. Emphasis added on my part. But when he does, you must remain for only a little while. The beast is an... Okay, he's a king who belongs to the seven. I need to stop for a second. Okay, it's confusing. So, uh, look at 9 and 11 there. With all that we've studied, I bet you could, you know, start seeing what it means. We're going to look at it here for a second. What is this mystery Babylon? It seems to be sitting on a city of seven hills and I've I've moved around with what I think this thing is from Mecca there's a whole thing on that Joel Richardson does a whole thing on that Mecca uh, look into that situation is is Mecca mystery Babylon Uh, Bill Salus S-A-L-U-S does a lot of good things on um, Rome sitting on seven hills being mystery Babylon there are plenty of books you can buy that have crazy artwork on the front that will tell you it's New York City. But because I believe in a preacher rapture and I think that New York City is, I think, I think, I feel like I told you this, the United States has nothing to do with the end times. So as far as being a, a power player, so I, those things I kind of take off um, the table. I think Rome is very good. I don't think it's the United States. I have my reasons, but again, the pre-trib rapture, for me, takes everything else off the table. I believe a very good case is made that it is the revived, once dead, revived Roman Empire. Which there's a lot of work. Bill Salas actually does a lot of great work on this about the idea that the Roman Empire never stopped ex- uh, existing. It's, it's been there and it's power playing right now, especially through Germany as the, as the European Union is, is fluctuating and dying. Something's going to rise up and take its dominance. And the structures, the, 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 um, the templates, the schematics of the ancient Roman Empire 
is absolutely positively still in power today. And I believe there's a good case to be made. Kyle, maybe it's the ancient city of Babylon. Well, the problem with that is God can do anything he wants to, but the literal site of ancient Babylon is in utter ruins in Iraq right now. It's just, there's nothing there. It's completely decimated. I mean, it's not a thriving city of of any sort. So I don't believe that's the way to go either. That, that was the ancient Babylon. So let me talk about the chronological order as we are here. This might this might help a little bit. People are always fascinated. Christians, I'm I'm amazed at how many Christians don't know the Bible is not in chronological order. Okay. Um so the book of Revelation probably gonna be gonna be better if you understand the events of Revelation thirteen occur before Revelation seventeen. So you got to kind of rearrange it a little bit. And then 18 comes after that. Revelation 17 and 18, I believe, are describing two different events with Revelation 13 inserted in between. Because Revelation 17, guys, remember that seven-year tribulational period? Revelation 17 happens at the middle of that tribulational period, at the three-and-a-half-year mark. And the destruction happens at Revelation 18, happens at the end of the tribulation. tribulation. Uh, clear as mud. <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm, looking, I'm, I'm looking at the chapter, seeing how I can best uh, relay this to you. So 17 and then 13... And then, so 17, 13, and 18 would be the right sequence that you want to look at it in. And now I'll kind of go and I'll put those in order with just really quick um, bullet points. Will that work? Okay, so let's start at 17, uh, chapter 17, looking here, verses 3 through 7. Okay, so now listen, we're going to, okay, we're going to go through it. Okay, we got there. We have, uh, we're landing the plane. Sorry about that. Chapter 17, verses 3 through 7. The harlot forms an alliance with the Antichrist. 1715. The harlot then rules over a global religious system. 176. The harlot martyrs believers both in the past and in the future. Lots of people have been killed through religious systems, have they not? 1716. Ten kings hate the harlot the religious system, and they desolate her. Chapter 17, verse 13 is 17. The ten kings then, after they desolate this religious harlot, they transfer their power and the harlot's power over to the Antichrist. Now we're going back to chapter 13, where the Antichrist then rules over the world at the halfway point. Chapter 13, 17, the Antichrist sets up a cashless society. Chapter 13, verse 15, the Antichrist murders future believers, right? Murders the the Christians. He goes after them with the vengeance. Then we go to Revelation 18, 8 through 10, the Antichrist's kingdom gets destroyed. And in Revelation 19 that we'll get to, the Antichrist is destroyed. Did that help a little? I hope so, because my brain hurts. 
Revelation 17:15 tells us the harlot rules worldwide over peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. So at some point this global system becomes problematic for the antichrist. See at first he's going to he's going to use it and abuse it a little bit. But then he's going to take it over and tap into its power with the false prophet. And he's going to turn on the other kings, right? They're people that helped him get to power. He's going to desolate the religious system. And he's going to make everybody transfer all their wealth and their power over to him. This is the Antichrist, okay? Ten kings receive power as kings. One hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength to the beast. Revelation 17. So the beast is uh, growing in power. Revelation 17, 16 and 17. And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will, this is probably, if you heard this, when you heard this up front, you're like, what? They'll hate the harlot. They'll make, they'll, they'll make her desolate and naked. They'll eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom over to the beast. This is God's plan. And the ten kings are of one mind to eliminate the harlot and they give their kingdom to the Antichrist. Hal Lindsey wrote in his book, There's a New World Coming. He says about this transitional event, the question that logically comes to mind is when the Antichrist destroys this harlot in the middle of the tribulation, does he destroy some geographical location from which she rules? I personally don't think so, since that would mean destroying his own kingdom. For it is in the Antichrist's kingdom that the harlot has dominated. So at this point, our focus shifts from Revelation 17, right at this point, back to Revelation 13. And the Antichrist, who was acting as you know subservient to the harlot, is now king of the world. All the power is given over to him. This is when Jesus says, when you see this abomination of desolation, remember this? We talked about this. When you see him turn and desecrate, I believe, the temple in Jerusalem... Run, 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 Jesus says. You better pray that it's not in the winter because you're not even going to have time to grab your coat. There's an unholy alliance with the desolation of the harlot that stops abruptly with the ten kings. We read about the Antichrist system back in Revelation 13. Remember, he causes all small and great. We read that rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark. And then we talked about that mark. But what we didn't mention, because we're waiting for here, is that there's going to be an absence of the harlot's dominating world religion that the Antichrist takes down as he assumes worldwide control over all small and great, rich and poor, and makes everyone come to his cashless society. But you want to know the good news? The good news is, as he takes over, it's short-lived. It's only 42 months. the second half of the seven-year tribulational period. And at the end, commercial Babylon, I'll put it that way, is destroyed in one hour. And we have details in chapter 18 of the second judgment upon end times Babylon. Revelation 18, 8, the Antichrist's kingdom is destroyed in one day. And then the kings of the earth lament for all of their financial losses in what you heard there. 
Revelation 18.10, the Babylonian system is destroyed in an hour. God works fast. Revelation 18.11, the merchants of earth can't conduct any further comment or commerce. I feel so bad for them. Revelation 18.12-17, the merchants of the earth lose all their riches. Revelation 18.19, Babylon, the great city, is utterly destroyed. And in Revelation 18.20, the holy apostles and prophets of all time are vindicated. It's important to note from that last bullet point that the city of end times Babylon, it's gotta, it's gotta have been responsible for it. And this is why, this is why when choosing what mystery Babylon is, you have to remember it has to be the city has to be responsible for the martyrdom of at least two or more holy apostles, so they can get vindicated, right? Well, history does tell us that the apostle Paul was beheaded in Rome. And the Apostle Peter was crucified under the Roman Emperor Nero. In addition, there's historical evidence. Of, I don't know if you've ever done like done a little research historically on how all the disciples except for John died. But man, um, they didn't do it because Jesus was false. The Apostle Andrew was crucified by the order of a Roman governor. And James, the brother of John, was killed by a client king of Rome. So according to Revelation 18.20, I just, I mean, how, how could the city be Mecca, Saudi Arabia? Or how, how could it be New York City? Or how could it be, you know, rebuilt in Babylon, in, in Iraq? I mean, the prostitute, the religious part of Babylon is destroyed. And the beast with the kings of the earth who hate the prostitute kill her. And it clears the way. I'm I'm, I'm I'm recapping here, clears the way for the Antichrist to get people to worship him because that's what he wants. That's always what Satan's wanted, yes? <laughs> and when this religious harlot Babylon is destroyed in the middle of the tribulation, the government system will be destroyed in the end. The commercial Babylon will be destroyed at that point. Mystery Babylon, the mother of prostitutes, will be out of the way and all inhabitants will now worship the beast. There were a bunch of false prophets coming forward. There are a bunch of false religions. All that's gone. Every, you guys know that. Every world religion is gone now, including Christianity. There's no, I mean, there's, you're not going to church on Sunday anymore. But it's a good thing that we're talking about um, spiritual side here, not religious side. Religion's just a place. Kyle, I'm not religious. Awesome, man. Neither am I. All of heaven rejoices as the great prostitute, Mystery Babylon, is destroyed. Revelation 18, 21 through 24, a mighty angel picks up a boulder the size of a millstone. I hope this is making sense. I hope it is. And threw it into the sea and said, with such violence, the great city of Babylon will be thrown down and never be found again. Then John hears what sounds like a roar of thunder and a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belongs to our God for true and just are his judgments. He has avenged her blood of his, of, of his servants. You know, like the, the 24 elders, the four living creatures. We've heard this, haven't we? Fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne and they cried out, Alleluia. Remember what seems like so long ago when we started this Revelation adventure together. It started with worship in the throne room. Boy, those were the good days, huh? <laughs> but guess what? It's come full circle. 
And the voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, praises to him and all his servants who fear him, both great and small, the great multitude along with the elders and the living creatures. Now all the Christians alive on earth are coming together in adoration and praise of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Ah, everything is coming to a close, but alas, I will not cheat you without talking about Armageddon. But that, my friends, don't want to close my eyes. Don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, babe. That gets its own podcast. Okay, breathe. That one's coming up in three, two, one.